0: Chapter eleven of Under Boy Scout Colors by Joseph Bushnell Ames. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven Elkhorn Cabin All that week the members of Troop Five could talk or think of little else save the wonderful log cabin which was to arise like magic on the shore of Crystal Lake. That, at least, was the way many of them pictured it as going up but at the meeting on monday night mr curtis gave a little talk in which he pointed out that the undertaking could only be carried through by a good deal of hard persistent labor which would undoubtedly grow more or less tiresome before the end was reached saturday is really the only day when we can all get together he said "'and there won't be many of them before the snow comes to put a stop to things. "'If we mean to enjoy it this winter, "'we've got to give every spare minute of our time to the work. "'There can't be any slowing down or backing out. "'Now, if you'd rather wait till spring, when we can take things more easily—' "'No, sir!' came in a swift, united chorus of protest. "'We want to start now! We want to have it this winter!' The scoutmaster smiled a little. That's the way I feel myself, he said. So we'll consider that part settled. We'll meet here, then, next Saturday morning at half-past eight, prepared to put in a strenuous day. I'll tell the different patrol leaders what tools are needed, and they can look them up during the week. There's another thing. We'll have to buy considerable material, such as cement, boards for the floor, and roof window and door casings and the like that money should be earned by the troop and i think it would be a good plan for ward mckelvane and phelps to meet at my house tomorrow afternoon or evening to discuss ways and means is that agreeable it proved to be when the question was put to vote and decided unanimously in the affirmative the meeting ended with the enthusiasm over the project unchecked by this placing of it on a strictly methodical and businesslike basis. That enthusiasm continued throughout the week, and when the crowd assembled on Saturday, Benny Reed, who was housed by a bad cold, was the only absentee. The others, laden with axes, saws, hatchets, an adze or two, and some wide wood chisels, until they resembled a gang of pioneers were in high spirits and eager to begin work their interest was heightened by the production of a plan mr curtis had drawn up showing a cabin twenty by sixteen feet with a big stone fireplace opposite the door two windows and a double tier of bunks one on each side of the entrance during the week the scoutmaster had gone over the ground with mr grimstone and marked certain trees which were to be taken out, mainly white pines from six to eight inches in diameter that were too closely crowded to develop properly, so there was no delay in starting work. Immediately, on reaching the point, the entire troop was divided into groups of three or four, each under the leadership of a boy who knew how to handle an axe. As soon as he felled a tree, the others trimmed off the scanty limbs, sawed it into proper lengths and stacked these up in piles on either side of the glade by noon the piles had assumed such proportions that after lunch half of the woodcutters were called off and set to notching the ends of the log about eight inches from the end and this was work in which everybody could take part the notches were made on opposite sides of the log about eight inches from the end and were a quarter of the thickness of the timber in depth the logs averaged pretty much the same diameter so that when fitted together at right angles with the under notch on one side resting in the upper notch on the other the whole length was snugly in contact with scarcely any chinks to be filled in that's the great advantage of pine said mr curtis when he had explained the method to the boys Almost any hardwood will have bumps and twists in it, but the trunks of pines growing as thickly as these are particularly straight from one end to the other. Are we going to build up the four walls solid, then cut holes for the door and windows and fireplace? asked Paul Trexler, who had evidently been reading up on the construction of cabins. The scoutmaster shook his head. That's the way many of them are made but I could never quite see its advantage. It's a mean job, sawing the openings, and the full-length logs are lots harder to handle than the shorter ones, to say nothing of the waste of timber. Of course, they will have to be full-length ones under and over the windows and over the door, but if we measure accurately, there's no reason why we shouldn't leave those openings as we go along, and so save time and labor. Spiking the door and window casings to the logs will hold them together firmly enough. The cabin had already been staked out, and, when, presently, the lower logs were set in place, it was amazing what a difference the sight of that simple rectangle made. Instantly, the visualizing of their dream became nearer and more concrete to the boys, its possibilities more apparent they could see at a glance its size and shape and spaciousness entering through the door space one could say that here would be the bunks there the windows and that gap opposite the fireplace it stimulated everyone to renewed efforts blistered and tired muscles were forgotten in the eager desire to get another tier of logs into position when mr grimstone stalked into view toward the middle of the afternoon he was greeted by urgent invitations to come ahead and see how the cabin's going up the old man responded stiffly but it was impossible to maintain that attitude long in the face of the boisterous wholehearted enthusiasm of twenty boys inside of 10 minutes he was chuckling over the awkward efforts of one scout to hold an ads and showing him the proper method within an hour one would never have known him for the crusty crabbed recluse who had been at odds with the Hillgrove boys for more than a generation he had shown the scouts a splendid place to get rocks for the fireplace and told them how to make with two poles and some cross saplings a sort of litter for carrying the larger ones he had made the rounds of the woodchoppers and watched them interestedly criticizing suggesting and even cracking a dry joke or two at their expense but his interest seemed to center in the building operations to which he finally returned when mr curtis followed him a little later he paused at the edge of the glade a quiet smile curving his lips the old man stood amid a group of boys who were notching the logs he had evidently been showing them some improvement on their methods for as the Scoutmaster stood there, he heard one of them say, "'Is that right, Mr. Grimstone? Is that the way you mean?' The old man nodded. "'You've got it, son. You'll find that'll save you a lot of time.'" "'Say, Mr. Grimstone,' piped up Harry Vader, from the other side of the cabin, "'won't you come over here, please?' "'You wait a minute, Dumplin,' admonished Bob Gibson. "'I'm next.' he promised to give me some points about fitting em together the scoutmaster's smile deepened as he came forward i guess i'll have to appoint you building foreman mr grimstone he said looks as if you knew a lot more about log cabins than i ever will from the force of habit the other frowned but his eyes were twinkling i oughter i reckon he returned i built enough of em when i was logging upstate if it wasn't for this pesky arm, that needn't interfere. You won't have to lift a finger. The boys are only too ready to work when they know how. Seriously, if you could oversee the building part, it would help us a lot. Then I could give all my time to getting out the logs, cleaning up, and looking after the chimney. I suppose I can, observed the old man briefly. I ain't fit for much else just now and the sooner you're done the sooner the mess'll be cleared up so it was arranged and the following saturday found mr grimstone promptly on the job there was no question of his pleasure in the work in spite of the occasional grumblings to which he gave vent in odd moments when he was not entirely lost in the novel occupation to these the boys paid scant attention they seemed to realize that they were merely superficial and really meant nothing, and from the first they got on admirably with the old man. They even joshed and joked with him, and before long he was retorting with sundry dry comments that sent them off into shouts of laughter. Under his supervision, the cabin grew apace. When the logs were all cut and carried in, mr curtis devoted himself mainly to the stone chimney, which, though necessarily slower and more difficult work, progressed very well. The opening was made to take four foot logs, and the stone facing filled up more than half that end of the cabin. The boys could not wait for its completion to give it a baptism of fire. When the sides were up three feet or more, they kindled a blaze and cooked lunch there. THE FIRST MEAL TO BE PREPARED IN THE CABIN. ANOTHER CELEBRATION MARKED THE SETTING OF THE RIDGE pole, AND WHEN THE ROOF WAS LAID, IT SEEMED AS IF THE END WAS ACTUALLY IN SIGHT. IN THE MEANTIME, THE IMPORTANT DETAIL OF EARNING MONEY TO PAY FOR NECESSARY MATERIALS HAD NOT BEEN LOST SIGHT OF. IT HAD BEEN DECIDED THAT THE SCOUTS SHOULD GO ABOUT THIS EITHER SINGLY OR IN GROUPS AS THEY PREFERRED. A number of suggestions were made by mr curtis, but it was impressed upon the troop that there must be no appeal for either work or money in any way that would in the least savor of begging. Whatever they did must be real work, the sort the people wanted done whether or not a scout cabin was in the progress of erection, and they must always give value received. The methods resorted to seemed endless three boys who were adept with saw hammer and plane undertook the building of birdhouses and their products were so well made and attractive that they had a hard time filling orders others raked up lawns tended furnaces cleaned cellars sawed wood and did a score of other varied chores one entire patrol took up the subscription proposition of a big publishing house and devoted themselves to it with such ardor that they cleared up nearly as much as all the rest together it can safely be said that few members of the troop had many spare minutes in that month that followed the starting of the cabin there was no time for sports or games or reading stories the public library was deserted of course there were a few who tired of the constant pressure and managed to escape a saturday's labor by some flimsy pretext, but, on the whole, they stuck to it with remarkable perseverance. And when the last stone was in place on the chimney top, the last chink filled, the last nail driven, there wasn't a boy in all that twenty-five who didn't feel a thrill of proud achievement at the result of their united efforts. End of chapter 11